So, my title is, Are You Living Your Life For God? Or Are You Living Your Life As God? So, looking at the first verse, Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So, if we're, if we're asking the question, am I living my life for God or as God? You might ask yourself this. Have you ever found yourself saying, I'll take it seriously when I'm older? Maybe you've said this. Maybe, maybe you think you're really young. Or, or maybe you think taking Jesus seriously is too lame. It's too uncool. And it's so boring. I'm, I'm, I'm young. I want to have fun with my life. I want to experience things. So following Jesus would take all the fun out of my life. Why would I do that? Or maybe, like I just said, I'm too young, you know. Maybe because you're in middle school and high school, you think you're too young. But that's not true. Or, this is another sign. You, you say this to yourself. Or maybe you say this to other people that ask you about this. You say, uh, before I come to Jesus, or before I take this seriously, I need to stop doing this first. You fill in that blank yourself. You, you know what your struggles are. You know what things that you're holding on to. The things that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you still do them. If you hear yourself saying, let me, let me just stop doing this. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's something. It, it could be anything. Let me just stop doing this first, and then I'll come to Jesus. But the Lord is my shepherd. That's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now what that says to me is the Lord is this person who is guiding me. If you think of a shepherd leading his sheep, we are his sheep if he is our shepherd. He leads us. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you see him as your shepherd? Or, or do you just see him as this stagnant, God, this stagnant being that does nothing. Well, well, I'm here to tell you, the Lord is your shepherd. He's active, and he is still your shepherd. Psalm said this thousands of years ago. Maybe, I don't really know. But he is still your shepherd today. This still, this still, um, this still is true to this day. So the problem with these statements, not anything that I, that I come up with, but what scripture says, James 4.14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So what does that say about our lives? That says that our lives are here for such a short instance. Think about this. David wrote this psalm a long time ago, thousands of years ago. If we think back on his life compared to the, the thousands of years that he's been gone, such a little speck of time. His life is, as, as crucial as his life was, it, it's so far gone now. It's a speck that's gone now. Just like this is saying, it's a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Proverbs 27.1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day might bring, may bring. So when, it, when you say, I'll take it seriously when I'm older, you're lying. You're lying to yourself, you're lying to others, and you're lying to God ultimately. Because you're not promised tomorrow. I've lost loved ones, 
and, and maybe you have too, you didn't expect them to go. They, they're, they're no longer here. They were not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised an hour from now. So saying, I'll take it seriously when I'm older, is just a blatant lie. As much as you want to believe yourself, I can promise you it's a lie. Or you say, taking Jesus seriously is too lame, uncool, and boring. Well, maybe that's what the world wants you to believe, because Satan doesn't want you to believe what this says. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hands are, as your at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, um, I don't know. I hear that, and I and I have a lot of hope in hearing that because sometimes it gets hard to be a Christian. It gets hard to to get up and read your Bible every day. But when I read that, it gives me hope because it says, "You make known to me the path of my life." How many of you are confused of what you're going to be when you grow up? Amen. Yeah, same. Me too. I don't know what I'm doing. But it says, it's a promise here, that he makes known to me the path of life. That gives me so much hope. Not only that, it doesn't end there. It says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. God is the fullness of joy. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling with depression or, or anxiety, serious bouts of it. But there's, there's fullness of joy in Jesus. Maybe you're not trusting Jesus with it. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You can do this with any scripture in the Bible and just uncover so many things about God. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's in scriptures. That's in friends. And when I tell you, I've gotten so much more joy and fun out of being a believer of Christ, being a Christian in Christian community than I ever did before I was saved. I'd always wake up the next morning before I was saved after having the time of my, of my life, a, a super fun night. Maybe I went out to party, or I drank, or I had sex, or I did drugs. Maybe I did one of those things, okay? But I woke up the next morning feeling shame, wanting to hide, wanting to go back and change. I felt regret, or maybe I, maybe I partied Saturday night and then had to go to church the next morning. Having this shame on my heart did not feel good. But these things that were said to make me happy, drinking, drugs, they just caused sadness and shame. Yet, it says here that, that he, he is our fullness of joy. Because when I have fun with my friends now, I, I don't feel shame. I never feel shame. I never feel guilt. I truly experience the fullness of joy in believing in Christ. So, Maybe you say, let me stop doing this first. You want to hold on to something, but you want, you, you want to be the one to get rid of it. Right here in, in this little verse, these verses that I pulled up, right before this, Jesus is saying, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for, I think it's a rich man to get into heaven. And then it says, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now within this context, as a man, as a human being, man or woman, you cannot, you, you, you really cannot stop this sin. You will never stop sinning. 
the lie that, the, that Satan wants you to believe, the enemy wants you to believe, is that you will be good enough one day, or that you can be good enough one day. That's a lie. The truth is, you will never be good enough. Man will never be good enough. But Jesus was, because we could never be. So, it says, with man this is impossible, with, but with God all things are possible. Even us, a broken people, to get into heaven. And man, that gives me so much hope. I, I'm saying everything gives me hope because these are just verses that are like, man, this is amazing. I'm so glad I'm a believer right now. So, we can keep moving. Uh, it says, the next verse says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. So, the Lord provides us rest. This is hard to believe sometimes. I mean, I'm thinking about my life right now and how crazy things are getting, how just busy I feel all the time. But it says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The Lord provides us rest. So if I look at the definition of rest, it says to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. The Lord gives us that. So when you think about, uh, if, if we're thinking about being sheep and he's our shepherd, I've heard this recently, that sheep only lie down and rest when they have everything that they need. So when it says, I shall not want, uh, one translation says, I lack nothing. In Christ, we lack nothing. And, and that allows us to rest. We can hear that and be like, oh my goodness, I don't have to do everything myself. The Lord allows us to rest. So do you see the Lord in this way? Is this the way that you see God? Do you see him as this person that will lead you to rest? Or do you see him as extra work? This, like, this stack, like if it was a stack of books and you had to read all of them in order to experience God. That's a lie. Once again, that, the, that, that Satan wants you to believe. It makes you want to have this control in your life. Um, do you see the Lord in this way? Do, do you see him and, and think of him as rest? Or do you see him and think, that's so much work. I have to get up every morning, read my Bible. I see so many things that I have to do when I think about Jesus. That's a lie. Following Jesus, it's not easy, but it's so worth it. With both of these things, though, with both all, these, all those false statements that you heard, and not believing that he will rest. All we want, all we really want is control. I'm saying this to myself too. All I want is control over my life. So, there's a problem with control though. Everyone wants it because we were created in his image. God is the creator. God is in control of everything. And because we're made in his image, we have this little part of us that wants to control things in, in, our, in our lives. We want to control every little thing in our lives. We don't believe that God is big enough or strong enough when we try to have control of our lives. But when you finally let go and, and, and say, God, I'm going to trust you with this. I know I'm super stressed about this, 
but I've done all that I can, and probably even less than I can. But, but God, this is in your hands. You are big enough and strong enough to, to hold this for me. Or we want to believe that we can work for and earn our salvation. When we want to do that, we, we want to have that control in our lives. We want to be able to do something about it. But we can't. There's nothing that we can do. Jesus Christ already did everything. All we have to do is believe in him. But the words, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Makes and leads. Those are words that show his authority in our lives. The Lord cares enough about us to let us rest, to make us rest. He knows that we will want to control everything, even in our rests. But imagine yourself sleeping. Who, who can control something while they're asleep? No one. Exactly. You know, you can't do anything when you're resting in Him. So give yourself to Him. And in the last verse, the, the second half of verse 3, it says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He will lead you. God will lead you. Alright? He is the shepherd after all. That's what it says. And if we believe that God, that this is the word of God, then we have to believe that this is true because God is perfect. We have to believe that he is our shepherd and he will lead us. But it says he will lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not so that you may be glorified. Not so that you may have everything that you want. But so that he may be glorified for his name's sake. And I, I do this little picture down here. But <laughs> um, the, the one on the left is the way that it was intended to be. Man giving the glory to God. I don't know if you can see that little arrow. It's kind of small. But the way that the world wants it is, the, is, is the, the glory that God should be getting is going to the person, to, to the man, to you. Everyone wants to say, empower yourself, you know, elevate your mind, or, or maybe, maybe you're hearing stuff like, uh, follow your heart, do what makes you happy. That glory should be going to God, though, not yourself. So, that, that, all of that being said, you shouldn't leave here tonight. You shouldn't leave here tonight with, with nothing on your mind. There's a promise in there to the believer. It says the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. You can trust that. He gives everything to you. He, you have everything that you want. I lack nothing. I shall not want. He does lead you to rest. You, you can read this whole psalm and just say this about yourself. Like I, I heard this yesterday. I'm addressing you as people, as a group. But imagine it being said about yourself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He's saying this to you. Remember how great your salvation is to the believers. Remember a time before you knew God. Maybe you were struggling with something. Or, or maybe, maybe it's just simply that you had no hope in this world. But you found Jesus. And Jesus was the ultimate hope in this world. So that's to the believer. But to the non-believer. If you're in here, and, or maybe you're between the both. So, so take both of these into consideration. You can trust in the Lord. God is perfect and he does not lie. So when he says these things, 
you can trust them. He has sent Jesus to be perfect because we could never be. We could never be perfect. We could never be good enough. That thing that you say, I just want to let this go, and then I'll follow Jesus. I'll do this first, and then, or, or I'll get to this age, and then I'll follow Jesus. It's a lie. He sent Jesus so that we wouldn't have to be perfect, but he still calls us to perfection. Let go of control. Not only that, hold on to hope. There is hope in Jesus, and I hope that you can leave here tonight with, with that hope. You know, maybe, maybe you are a non-believer. I don't, I don't want you to leave this room and, and, and be okay with that. You know, there, some, there should be something scary about that. Just know that there's hope in Jesus. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God in one. Um, came down to earth as God, but as man. He as we just celebrated this past Sunday, was Easter. Um, he died on a cross for our sins. Now the whole way there, he was fulfilling scripture. He was fulfilling all these prophecies that had been made about him to make him the Messiah. He fulfilled them all, finished his time here, then died on the cross. But it didn't end there. On the third day, he rose again. Like it said in the scriptures, according to the scriptures, like it had foretold, like he had told before then, that he rose on the third day so that we may be saved. So that if we believe in that, we may be saved. Like Romans, I think it's 10, 9 through 10. If you believe in your heart and confess with your tongue that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, then you will be saved. Yeah. You know, you can trust in that. And, and you know, ask, ask any of our leaders here. They would be more than eager to tell you about this hope that we have in Jesus. Or maybe you're a believer and, and you just forgot about all this stuff. Maybe, maybe you've been a believer, but you forget too easily. It's good to be reminded of these things, to leave here with hope that, that even though your life is crazy, like I'm preaching to myself right now. My life is, I feel like it's going crazy right now. I've got so many things going on, but the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He leads me to rest, and I can trust in that.